What is up, Keep Youngson Radio family? I'm so excited for today's episode because this is a celebration episode of our one-year anniversary on this podcast. And I just think that is such a huge milestone because a year ago, we had just started putting out content and really diving in deeper into these uncensored conversations around life with diabetes. And to be honest, this is something that's so important to me because when I was diagnosed at 19, I didn't have these resources and they are something that I was working desperately to find. I was searching on YouTube. I was searching on Instagram. And at that point, just it was not talked about enough. So I really wanted to create a space and a container where it was safe to have these conversations and it was safe to just openly talk about these things while living with diabetes. So we are here one year later, and I thought it would be just really fun to bring some alumni of our signature coaching program, Keep You 100, onto the show and talk about their experiences living with diabetes. Because I think if there's one thing that we can do in building a community is really have these open dialogues and learn from each other's experiences. Again, when I was diagnosed, I didn't have that community. I didn't even have, like maybe I went to the JDRF walks and walked with my family, but I didn't have a community of people who understood what I was going through. Now, later on in college, you know, I found the College Diabetes Network. I started posting on social media and now, you know, having Keeping 100, we are always surrounded by a community of people who get it, but I didn't have that at first. So we're bringing that to the show. So I brought on some alumni of our signature coaching program at KB100 and asked them two huge questions um, that I thought would best serve this community. So the first question being, what is one thing that they wish they knew sooner while living with diabetes? So again, we are, this is a lifetime diagnosis right we are always living with it and there's always room for learning now what we can do is learn from other people's experiences and bring those experiences into our own journey so follow-up question from that is their biggest piece of advice for anybody listening so these are direct things that you can take away from today's episode and implement into your journey and i'm just in a preface of you know, take what sticks with you. Don't, you know, take away everything. There's always going to be one or two things that really stick to your, stick to you and apply to your journey. So just take those along for the ride. But I really am excited for today's episode because we get to just keep cultivating this community and learning from each other. And I think that's just the, it's just really the best part about social media and these different platforms. So without further ado, let's dive in. Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Lissy Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. When it comes to living with type 1 diabetes, there are three truths. One, your endocrinologist isn't there to guide you through the complex areas during those 90 days between your appointments. Two, those that are supporting you in between don't understand enough to actually give you the mental clarity and relief that you need in between appointments. 
And three, the decision-making behind your day-to-day behaviors don't just change out of willpower or discipline. But what if I were to tell you that instead, you can have a full team of support to guide you through different high-variability moments like going out to eat, changes in your menstrual cycle, traveling, and all of those moments that you want to live outside of type 1 diabetes? What if there's a way that you had the opportunity to reverse engineer everyday decision-making so that you can make optimal blood sugar decisions? And what if there was a way that you can have blood sugar strategy in your back pocket so that you can put your mental energy back into other places that you need it to be? The TP100 Experience is the only diabetes coaching program offering high-level and hands-on support. This integrative experience full of education and accountability helps you actually meet the sustainable changes that you need in order to be in the driver's seat of your diabetes management. So if you're somebody who's found yourself lost and overwhelmed during the 90 days between endo appointments, or you've simply coasted through getting by with reacting to the highs and lows, that's about to change. Believe it or not, but Keep 100 is not just here to help you lower your A1C and increase your time and range. Of course, yes, those are always goals, but that is just a byproduct of what you are truly gaining on the inside. Inside Keep 100, we are going to support you in increasing your confidence around everyday decision making so that you can truly gain the predictability that you need in your blood sugars. On top of that, you're going to gain that proactive mentality that you need by reverse engineering your current decision making and optimizing your blood sugars as a result. We know that diabetes right now takes up so much mental energy on a day-to-day basis. Every single second, we are looking at different numbers, carb counts, arrows, and making constant decision making. Inside of Keep 100, we're going to help you increase your mental energy and physical energy by giving you real-life strategies that you can integrate every single day. And not only that, but you're going to leave with the reassurance and empowerment that you have the ability to self-manage your blood sugars by feeling full ownership over your patterns and trends, being able to lead the conversations in your endocrinologist's office, and truly being in the driver's seat. Because you're a listener of Keep 100 Radio, we want you to save on your enrollment. So when you go on the link in the show notes and you submit your application and book your consultation call, you're going to be able to save $200 off of your enrollment. This is a no pressure call simply to make sure that this is the best fit. We do not take support lightly and we want to make sure that you are going to get everything that you need inside of this program. We look forward to hearing from you and let's dive into this episode. Hi Emily, welcome to Keep 100 Radio. Would you like to take a second just to introduce yourself, share a little bit about you and your type 1 journey? Yeah, so my name is Emily Van Mortar. I have been a diabetic for about 16 years now and I was diagnosed when I was around age five. And so I guess I recently went through the program and it was just really helpful. And I work both on my family's farm full time and I'm also a home pastry chef. So I do a lot of baking and selling of products. And then I really enjoy reading a good book. And then I'm a big music listener. So going to concerts and everything are really some of my favorite things. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Amanda Kaufman. Uh, I have been type 1 diabetic since 2016. Um, So I was diagnosed a little bit later in life. I was like 29 years old at the time. Um, So I've had an interesting journey so far, a lot of ups and downs. Um, I found Lizzie, oh gosh, probably over a year ago, but really just got involved um, being in this year. And it's been a huge um, game changer being part of Keeping It 100. And the private coaching. And um, over the past year, um, I've seen a lot of improvements and I'm actually working to train my own diabetic alert um, service dog. So that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> He's like, I'm here. <laughs> Hi, everyone. My name is Gemma. I'm 
28 and I live in Melbourne in Australia um, and I'm an alumni of the Keeping It 100 course that Lissy took me through earlier in the year. So yes, living in Melbourne, I spend a lot of time eating a lot of delicious food. Um, that has to be one of my favorite things is going and, and trying new restaurants and bars. Um, I have a little dog who I'm absolutely obsessed with, Teddy. He's a mini fox terrier, so he weighs seven kilos, but he he wishes he was a Rottweiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> I um, what else? What else do I do? I go to the gym. I read a lot. Um, and sort of just adjusting to life post pandemic, and it's been it's been a really good few months. Oh, so I I'm Angela. I'm a therapist and a coach. Um, my fingers in all kinds of pots here in Los Angeles, uh, but that's my work. And uh, yeah, my my diagnosis journey was actually a key moment for me setting upon this path. Um, I was diagnosed like 15 or 16 years ago now when I was 26. And, you know, I'd lived my life a certain way up to that point, trying to follow all the conventional rules and be healthy and, um, yeah, just be a good, a good human, a good, healthy human. And uh, ended up being rushed to the ER one morning with a blood sugar of 1600. So um, I joke that I like to make an entrance. <laughs> Obviously, it was a very serious experience and very scary. And uh, there was like one day in the ER and two days in the ICU and three days in a regular hospital room. Um, I think it took me a minute to realize um, just to kind of move through the shock of it and realize, wow, this is a this is a really big experience and a pivotal moment. Um, it definitely changed my relationship with food and body in all kinds of important ways. And yeah, and I, I think that probably just to summarize, you know, in the 15 or 16 years since then, um, my journey with it has been one of self-exploration. Um, you know, really kind of embracing the advice that I was getting early on, which was very inadequate, I guess is the best word to use. Um, and, you know, found myself really going to extremes to try to deal with it. And, you know, kind of learned the hard way that actually the extreme approach wasn't the most beneficial. Um, and then I went into a really deep experience of just transformation and really started looking at it from a spiritual lens. Um, I realized that this, just stressing out about it to the degree that I was before then, it's actually not beneficial for my health. It wasn't beneficial for my blood sugars. It wasn't beneficial for my mental health um, or my relationship. So I, I'm grateful that I got to see that. Um, and really have embraced, I would say, the mystery of it. Um, and have had to, I've had a journey where I've had to come back and revisit the management side. And so for me, it's really been a journey of finding balance between those two things and just really learning how to embrace the journey as a cooperation with the body rather than a conquering of the body. Hello, my name is Valeria Garcia. I have been living with type 1 diabetes for six years now. I was diagnosed at age 24 while serving in the Peace Corps in Costa Rica. And now I live in California with my fiance and my puppy. 
Hi, my name is Rachel. I am an alum of both the Keeping It 100 and Beyond the A1C program with Needles and Spoons. And I am now also the virtual assistant for the team as well. Uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when I was four and a half years old, which was just over 28 years ago, while my mom and I were on our annual trip to visit family. It was a really hot summer, so we were all drinking a lot and peeing a lot. I don't remember what made my mom take me to the hospital, but I do remember them trying to diagnose me with a bladder infection. And something about that just didn't sit right with my family. One of my aunts is actually a nurse, and she thought it kind of sounded like I had diabetes. So we went and got a second opinion. Uh, when they tested my blood sugar, it was 18 millimole, which is about 325. So as a person living with type 1 diabetes, what is one thing that you wish you knew sooner inside of your journey? So it's really what I kind of just learned going through the program. And it's that you can't really strive to be perfect. Being a diabetic, you're never going to get the, that perfect line, that perfect number. You may have days where it's close, but having that every day repeatedly is not possible. I've just tried so long, like seeing everybody's stuff on social media of that perfect line. And it was just, it's so easy to get in your head of, I need to have this number to be okay. And so now I'm getting back to being able to like sit in the 120s, 130s and be comfortable that nothing's going to happen being that little bit higher. Yeah. So I actually love this question a lot because I feel like I was just really thrown into things. I think a lot of people who are diagnosed later probably have a similar experience where my, my endo did not give me a lot of guidance at all. And it, it, was a lot of time like trying to figure things out on my own before really finding a group that could guide me. So as I thought through this question, one of the biggest things I wish I knew was the impact that the macro composition of your meal has on your blood sugar and your bolusing strategy. It's not just the straight carb count, um, which I had no idea, like something as silly as I didn't know that I should subtract fiber. Um, and I didn't really realize that if I had a high protein meal, I might need to account for some of that protein as carbs. Um, or the, the impact on um, my blood sugar if I have a high fat meal. So learning those strategies really have been, has been a game changer in helping to feel more empowered with, um, with my food and feeling more confident in my Olesing strategy and a little bit less scared of those possible hypos for taking too much insulin for something that I probably didn't need um, because it might have been a higher fat meal. So yeah, that would be the biggest thing I wish I knew. Um, I think the biggest takeaway that I got from the Keeping It 100 um, course, and it was something that um, has really changed how I approach a lot of things is that your numbers and your data do not reflect who you are as a person. Um, and I've, I've been thinking about why that is. And I think with all their best intentions from when you're diagnosed to, you know, as you grow up, as you live with diabetes, professionals will tell you about all the horrible things that can happen if you don't control your diabetes and, and sure there's a reason to do that but I think it's very easy to get caught up in if my numbers aren't perfect 
then X, Y, Z might happen. And I realize and I recognize now that that's absolutely not the case. And it's given me a lot of freedom to experiment and to change my basils. You can experiment, you can sort of approach your management of diabetes with curiosity and intention and kind of play with it a little bit um, and do different things and experience new things. And if it doesn't go the way that you thought you wanted it to go, that doesn't reflect on who you are as a person. And it means that like I ate way too much lasagna and had red wine for dinner last night, but I had the tools and strategies to be able to do that. And I woke up with great blood sugars. So (laughs) I wish that someone would have told me just more directly the cost of stressing out, of of pushing ourselves to an extreme approach in controlling the management of diabetes. Um, Because that was, that was probably my biggest takeaway in all of this. Um, And learning to, and, you know, not to say that stress doesn't have a purpose and can't be a tool for growth and awareness and awakening. Um, but, you know, because it can bring our attention to things that need attention. Um, but really just learning to have a relationship with stress that is more, um, yeah, cooperative and less conquering. One of the biggest things I wish I knew earlier in my diagnosis is that living a life with control and freedom was possible and that restriction wasn't the answer. And also that there was this great loving and welcoming community waiting for me as I was sitting in so much fear. Something I wish I had known sooner in my journey with type one diabetes is that it is possible to work with my diabetes rather than constantly fighting against it. Mindset really is everything in living with diabetes. The other thing is easily one of the most valuable things I learned in keeping it 100, which was how to (laughs) pre-bolus. It isn't nearly as scary as I had originally believed, and it really makes all the difference in my management. If you were to think of one piece of advice for somebody living with diabetes like yourself, what advice would you give them? My advice would definitely be to find your community because it's just so much better when you don't have to go through it by yourself. And when you have those people that you can troubleshoot with or even if you're just having a rough day that you can go to them and say hey I'm I'm struggling today my blood sugar just won't cooperate or I'm having bad infusions I just need somebody you have that option and it's just better to get out of get a little bit out of your head and just be able to be with them this is also such a good question um, so this piece of advice is not necessarily like a, like a logical technical kind of thing. It's more of a, like thinking big picture. Like my biggest piece of advice would be to find a community because like diabetes can feel really lonely, especially if you don't have like diabetic friends, like in person, um, like you, doctors don't always get it. Your family wants to understand, but they might not always understand. So like finding people who understand what you're going through and can empathize with you and sometimes provide advice, but really just having somebody to listen who gets it. I would say that that is the biggest piece of advice that I could give anybody with type 1 diabetes. Um, I think it would be that you need to give yourself a break. No one 
in the history of the world has ever had perfect blood sugar, diabetic or not, um, and treat what you're doing and how you manage your condition with as much curiosity as and intention as you can because um, what you will find is not only it's really freeing but it's kind of interesting and you kind of you can find ways to work with yourself um, in ways that you probably wouldn't have thought. I would encourage people living with type 1 to embrace the journey as an opportunity for personal growth. Um, because this experience has set me on a path just through a deeper understanding of my body, stepping into a relationship with my body, being curious about the impacts of food and my relationship with food. It literally has become the source of not only my growth, but how I show up and support my clients in their own transformational processes, whether it has anything at all to do with food or body, just relationship, you know, in and of itself. But I view the body as so foundational just in navigating all aspects of life. So yeah, I know it might be hard, but as much as possible to, to view it as, well, I want to say a gift. That's my own bias. But yeah, I think just approaching it with some amount of curiosity and what is this journey going to reveal for me? How is this going to invite me into a growth, into a transformational space? Amen to that. I love that so much. The biggest piece of advice I have is not to compare your journey with anyone else's, you always have the opportunity to create the relationship and the culture you want in your diagnosis at any time. And I really believe that the way we talk to ourselves, the way we celebrate ourselves really creates that healthy experience living as a type one diabetic. And to never, ever, ever forget to celebrate yourself for showing up for yourself every single day and loving yourself. And I wish you all the best on your journey. My biggest piece of advice for other diabetics is to find a community of other diabetics. Having the support of other people that truly understand what you're going through is priceless. So there you have it. Some of our best pieces of advice from our HEAP 100 alumni themselves. And because you stuck around for this episode, because you're listening in, and because we are celebrating one year on the podcast, we are doing a giveaway. Because how else would you celebrate other than giving out free things? <laughs> so if you have not heard, we recently released our Keep 100 Diabetes Journal. And this is so much more than your average logbook. We know that there's more details that go into your daily decision making, and one tracker just simply cannot capture it all, nor can your endocrinologist really make impactful changes from one simple tracker measuring carbs and insulin. So the Keep 100 journal was developed to give you our proven framework broken up into four digestible phases that allow you to navigate behavioral patterns, assess your insulin baselines, strategize daily fluctuations, and conquer high variability areas. This journal is your partner in reflecting on decision-making patterns and behavioral defaults, testing and assessing your baselines like your basal rates, insulin carb ratios, and correction factors. It's here to help you assess daily nutrition and dosing strategy along with your exercise and blood sugar strategy during your workouts. And it's here to really help you understand those insulin sensitivity shifts that come from just our month-long cycle. 
And from this, you're going to be able to break down patterns around all of life's factors. So because you're tuning in today, we are doing a special one-time giveaway when you go into Apple Podcasts and you leave a review on Keep 100 Radio and you leave your Instagram handle in the review, you're going to be included in our giveaway. We're going to choose one winner to send a free journal out to who leaves a review and does so by October 10th. So there's no time to waste. Go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review, and we can't wait to announce the winner. Thank you so much for tuning in today's episode. We can't wait to see you next week.